Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, Monday edition, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I hope all of you are having fantastic starts to your week. And let's dive in. We have got a bunch of different stories to roll through. One of the stories I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put it up uh, on Twitter at Clay Travis is my uh, Twitter feed. What uh, did you spend more time watching over the weekend? And some of you inevitably will say, neither. I hate both. Well, deal with it. Uh, World Cup or the U.S. Open? Because I found myself going back and forth, and uh, I felt certainly, and by the way, happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Uh, Your day of fatherhood uh, being honored is now over, but hopefully you had a good Sunday, and you did some of what I did, which was sit and watch a lot of the World Cup, and then also watch down the stretch of golf. Because the way it was set up, the the World Cup matches were on in the morning, and then you could flip it over and watch and see what was going to happen in the U.S. Open. Brooks Kapka obviously coming down the stretch with the win. But much of the discussion surrounding golf has been about Phil Mickelson and the fact that he did what just about everybody who has ever played golf has done, which is miss a putt, be a little bit disappointed, and have like a kick save effectively to keep it from rolling all the way off the green. I can't tell you the number of times I have been playing with a buddy. My buddy has blown it past the hole on an elevated green. The ball has been close to running down to the other side, and I either use my foot or my uh, putter to stop the ball so he doesn't have to go back down the hill and chip it back up. That is one of my strong suits, the kick save, Uh, when your buddy, or uh, conversely, when your buddy does that for you, when you blow it past the hole and otherwise it's going to go down the hillside or go down off the green. I have zero issue with what Phil Mickelson did. I mean zero. I don't care at all. I think, was he honest when he made his explanation? Probably not. I think the honest truth is 
He was in the middle of shooting an 81. He's 47 years old or whatever the heck he is. The last thing he wants to do is uh, shoot an 81 and continue to play. And I think he was like, screw it. The USGA blew it with the way they located the greens, with the way that the greens are, the flag, sorry, the way the greens are rolling this afternoon. Nobody is posting good scores. They're making a mockery of this championship. Why can't I just make a mockery of this championship too and play the shot the way uh, that I want to play the shot? Now, we're going to talk to Ned Michaels in hour two. He's part of NBC's coverage uh, on the Golf Channel of this uh, of this uh, competition, of the championship there. And what he will say is that he thinks Phil was doing that because it, the penalty doesn't fit the crime. In other words, if you sink that putt uh, in that situation, you actually could end up saving yourself uh, a couple of strokes. I don't think it mattered to Phil Mickelson at that point because he wasn't in the running. Would I feel differently if somebody were in the running? Yes, then it would be a boneheaded play. But when you're going to finish in 60th place, to me, this is why golf has trouble attracting fans. It's because so many people out there focus on these tiny little nuances of the game as opposed to trying to think about how to grow the game. And uh, and so to me, we'll talk about that a little bit. In terms of golf, uh, in terms of the World Cup, I thought there were a lot of phenomenal games over the weekend. We had upsets galore. Uh, in particular, yesterday, Mexico comes out and upsets Germany, the defending World Cup champion. We had uh, Brazil get tied by either Switzerland or Sweden. I'm going to be honest with you. I get Switzerland and Sweden confused all the time. I'm not really sure the difference between the two, but either Switzerland or Sweden, they tied uh, the Brazilians. And then we had um, a a lot of, I thought, just in general, really entertaining matches. The Portugal uh, game against Spain was phenomenal. Ronaldo goes for three different goals. Um, And even without the U.S. involved, it seems to me there's a lot of interest in all the World Cup matches. Now, I also understand that both golf and soccer have anti-soccer and anti-golf guy. I don't care. you know. And usually that guy is a baseball fan. He's like, why aren't you talking about regular season baseball? And my answer is pretty straightforward. If I ever have to talk about regular season baseball on a regular basis on this show, much like if I ever have to talk about regular season NBA, I will resign. I will retire. I have zero interest. There are 30-some-odd teams in Major League Baseball. All of you care about your local team. If I were in St. Louis, I'd come on and talk about the Cardinals. If I were in San Francisco, I'd come on and I'd talk about Bay Area baseball. If I were in L.A., I'd come on and I'd talk about the Dodgers every day. But it's almost impossible to do local, uh, it's almost impossible to do national baseball sports talk radio because everybody cares about their local team and hardly anybody else is watching. So it has to be such a monumental, massive story. Now, you get in the playoffs, same thing with the NBA. All right, when you're in the playoffs, everybody's watching the same few games. It's a lot easier to do. So we are going to be talking about the World Cup. We're going to be talking about the U.S. Open today. We've got some incredible Animal Thunderdome stories that are going to blow your mind. I'm not even sure when we're going to break those out. Also, I want to get into this. Landon Donovan did an advertisement for a bank where he said everybody should be rooting for Mexico. And to me, this is everything that's wrong uh, with modern uh, media when it comes to how you choose to do your endorsements. I'm not going to tell you what bank he did an endorsement for because I don't want to credit them for the stupidity of this advertising campaign. 
But if you haven't seen this, uh, as we come into the World Cup, uh, Landon Donovan tweeted out and put a video up. Join Landon Donovan to cheer on the Mexican national team during the big tournament. And then Landon Donovan said, the tournament is here. USA fans, our team may not be in Russia, but our neighbors to the south are. So join me and their proud sponsor to cheer on our other team, Mexico, Vamos Mexico. And it is Landon Donovan with a scarf that he's holding up in this advertisement that says, my other team is Mexico. Now, to me, this is such a tone-deaf advertising campaign. I don't know how much they paid Landon Donovan to endorse Mexico, uh, but whatever he got, he should donate to the U.S. men's national team to allow them to make the next World Cup. I can't conceive of this. If you were an Ohio State fan and you got paid by a bank to come out and root for Michigan. Let's pretend Jim Harbaugh, did, Jim Harbaugh didn't stink and he was actually in a playoff. And you did this. Like, like, like if Eddie George came out and said, my other team is Michigan, and he was doing an advertisement for a bank, Ohio State fans would justifiably re- react with absolute disdain. If you are an Alabama or an Auburn fan, and one or the other of your team is playing in the, in the playoff to win the national championship, and you came out and held up a uh, a scarf that said, my other team is either Alabama or Auburn, people would choke. I mean, right now there are people who are hearing this in the state of Alabama listening to us, and they're driving into work, and they're literally choking right now. We might have just given some people in the state of Alabama heart attacks. If you are willing to do, and these are, and this is just like random fans wouldn't do that. If you are a star of a team with a hated rival, and if you are a soccer fan, the U.S. and Mexico are hated rivals, and you would make the decision to do this for, I don't know, what could this bank have paid Landon Donovan to do this? A hundred grand? Two hundred and fifty grand? You have given your blood, sweat, and tears every year to try and make the U.S. national team get to the World Cup, and then you're going to go and embrace the country that is the most hated rival of the U.S. when it comes to soccer. To me, this is indefensible by Landon Donovan. We'll break that down. Does anybody out there feel like defending Landon Donovan? I will open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. But my big question as we come in day after Father's Day is, which did you watch more, the World Cup or the U.S. Open? I'm going to bring in the crew out in L.A. and here in Nashville. We'll discuss all these events that have been going on. Like I said, an hour or two We'll talk with Ned Michaels. Is anybody grabbing their pearls? Was anybody offended by Phil Mickelson? Or is this evidence of why golf in general has such a difficult uh, job attracting a younger crowd because most people think this is an absurd situation? I'll be honest with you. I think if you can get to your ball before it stops moving, that would add a much-needed round of athleticism to golf. To me, that would make golf more entertaining. Maybe you'd have to make different because you can't play golf like you did um, you know with putt-putt when you take your little kids on putt-putt they just kind of drag their putter along the ground and the ball keeps moving the whole time and my three-year-old played with us recently and he said hole in one like he got a hole in one a bunch of different times because he just got beside the ball it was like why would you hit it and let it keep rolling why not just use your uh, your putter the entire time and just guide it directly into the hole it's a good question not allowed but a good a good attempt 
But in general, I think if you were going, if you allowed a golfer when a when a shot is hit, if the ball has not stopped rolling, can you imagine the fun of seeing a golfer sprinting down the fairway uh, as he's laying up one shot after another? I don't know what the overall impact of golf would be, but I think it would arguably be more entertaining if, as long as your ball hasn't stopped moving, you can play it again. Uh, as long as you get there before it stopped moving, we'll talk about all this. Maybe I just revolutionized golf. 877-996-6369 will be our phone number. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage. Landon Donovan, Phil Mickelson, which one were you more bothered by? Another good question. By far, to me, it is Landon Donovan. By far, it is Landon Donovan deciding to endorse Mexico. Maybe you disagree. We will talk about all that more. Monday edition, Outkick the Coverage. I hope you guys had a great Father's Day. This is Outkick the Coverage. From the Geico Outkick Studios on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Poll question is up. You can find me at Clay Travis. Uh, track it down there. Which did you watch more of over the weekend, the World Cup or the U.S. Open? If your answer is neither and you feel compelled to let us know, no one cares. Because inevitably when I put up a poll, there's always some guy who's like, neither, both suck. And so I'm just going to immediately block that guy because you're not funny. And also, you're just clogging up my timeline. But hundreds of you pouring in already, and it's almost dead even in terms of the World Cup and the U.S. Open. I believe we have some audio uh, from both of these, what I consider to be the biggest events of the weekend. Let me hit those, hit that with you now. Uh, first of all, the reaction when Phil Mickelson had the audacity to hit a moving ball on the 13th green on Saturday. This was your live coverage from Fox. This for bogey a moment ago at 13. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that's stunning. Here was the next putty hit. And then that one lips out, and that one does come to rest, and then he knocks it in. That was jarring. I've never seen anything like that from a world-class player in my life. That's the most out-of-character I've ever seen Phil Mickelson. He's putted bad enough that I think he just snapped at how bad his speed was on that putt. He just snapped. I think that's probably true that he did snap, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, the snapping is about as minuscule of a snapping as you could possibly have. I, do we have Phil Mickelson explaining himself after the uh, after the action on 13? I think we do. Let's listen to that. I don't mean disrespect by anybody. I know it's a two-shot penalty, and uh, at that time, I just didn't feel like going back and forth and hitting the same shot over. I took the two-shot penalty, moved on. It's... Uh, it's uh, my understanding of the rules. I, I've had multiple times where uh, I've wanted to do that. I just finally did. If uh, somebody's offended by that, I, I, you know, I apologize to them. But uh, you know, toughen up because this is uh, this is not meant that way. It's uh, just simply uh, I just wanted to get on to the next hole, and I, I didn't see that happening at the time. I'm gladly gladly take my two strokes and, and move on. Yeah, I do agree with him there. Toughen up. I mean, come on. This is why golf has trouble attracting the young crowd, I think, because everybody was aghast over this. Um, I play golf. This didn't bother me at all. It actually was more entertaining to me than not. And so uh, I'm curious on the crew. Jason Martin, did this bother you at all? 
Yep, should have been disqualified, would have been, if his name wasn't Phil Mickelson. Why this do you was care? Ridiculous. It was utterly ridiculous. Because there's rules for a reason, and there's a spirit of the game. You could say it's because it's the rule, growing hold the on, game or whatever. Hold on. If you really care about the rule, the USGA sent out an explanation, which to me was like it made my head like spin back into my head as I was reading it. And the rule was correctly applied. Uh, and here's their explanation. There appears to be some continued uncertainty about the basis of the ruling with Phil Mickelson during the third round of the 118th U.S. Open, and we would like to further clarify previous statements. During play of the 13th hole, Mickelson made a stroke on the putting green at his ball, which was moving. As a result, he incurred a two-stroke penalty for a breach of Rule 14-5. The stroke made at the moving ball also counted. His score for the hole was 10. Rule 14-5 does not include a serious breach clause or disqualification as part of the penalty statement. Uh, Rule 1-2 did not apply in this situation because Mickelson made a stroke at the ball, uh, defined as the, and this, by the way, again, is why people hate golf, defined as the forward movement of the club with the intention of striking at and moving the ball as opposed to another act to deflect or stop the ball in motion, which are two acts covered by Rule 1-2. Additionally, anyway, like all of the rules, so I think if you read this, they correctly applied the rule. It's a two-stroke penalty. So you want him kicked out, uh, but it would not have been permissible under the rules as they are being applied here to kick him out. And I think, again, if Phil Mickelson had just come out and said, look, the USGA blew it. They put the pins in the wrong location. If nobody, if everybody's out there shooting 75 to 82, like there's no point in us playing golf at a course like this. And so they blew it. The USGA basically uh, admitted that they blew it. They changed the pin locations for Sunday. They uh, made the greens more uh, more fungible. I mean, and so I think that was Phil Mickelson just saying, screw it. I think the fact that he was sprinting over there to do it, he made the decision in real time to do it, right? I, he said he's thought about doing it before because it's only a two-stroke penalty. Uh, we'll talk to Ned Michaels about this in hour two. So, do you want to you stick to the fact that he would have been kicked out if his name were not Phil Mickelson? Yeah, because I think they would have applied the other rule. They wouldn't have necessarily stuck to the one that you just read, which I, you know, obviously they went over many times on Saturday. This was him snapping. This was the equivalent of throwing a forearm shiver to Rob Gronkowski on the sidelines or something like that. It was it was just he totally lost his cool. He didn't feel like going down there and putting. That excuse was about as lame as the uh, wrist cast on LeBron after the NBA Finals. It totally – if that's true, he's hit worse putts in his life than the one that he hit right there. And he didn't even consider doing that before because it's not what you're supposed to do in the game of golf. You can say that that makes golf go, golf boring – but there are, you know, tenets of the game. There is a spirit of the game. That was as disrespectful a move as you could possibly do. Now, it didn't necessarily harm anybody else. It harmed him, and he made a 10, and that's one thing. But I'm sorry, he got the LeBron James, the Kobe Bryant, the Michael Jordan call that, you know, the other guys, the bit players, wouldn't get if they were getting fouled late in the game. His name was Phil Mickelson. They're not going to disqualify him. If that had been somebody like a Patrick Reed or somebody that was less popular, I think that dude would have been DQ'd and there would have been a number of people that were still carrying water for Phil after the fact that would not have been carrying water for a lesser player. Personal yeah, opinion. I, I, don't, I don't think they would. I'm not even sure how much attention it would have gotten if it weren't Phil Mickelson. Because one, I think Phil Mickelson is such a huge player that immediately anything he does, people are going to pay attention to. I think if it had been one of the other, I don't know, 65 guys or whatever it was who advanced into Friday and Saturday and Sunday play, I don't think there would have been that much attention. Did you guys care in L.A.? 
Uh, no. During the moment when it when it happened, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Now, if you're asking what's worse, what Lefty did or what Landon Donovan did, then I would have to say what Phil did. Because, oh, I think there's – hold on. No, because, I think oh, because here's no. why. Landon Donovan is not currently on the team and because of his history with the USA squad. That's what makes it so much worse. I think – But I if think you're, that's if you're just what makes in, sense because he's just kind of taking a dig back at them. If you're just tuning in, Landon Donovan said you should be rooting for Mexico because the U.S. men's team is not in. And then, by the way, we need to get into this on the on the backside of, uh, of Eddie Garcia – but uh, but uh, Justin Cooper, did you care at all about what Phil Mickelson did? No, nah, not really. I thought it was I thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was. I mean, this to me is 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 evidence of why golf is filled with a lot of people who are just like old fuddy duddies. I mean, I would care, and it would be dumb if he had done it if he was in the running to uh, to actually contend for the U.S. Open. But he's in the middle of shooting a round of eighty. He's you know whatever it is, fifteen strokes back at that point in time and I think he's I think in all honesty he would have been fine if he got DQ'd I don't think he cared about whether or not he had to come back and play on Sunday uh was he frustrated yes did he do something that maybe uh, a large group of people on the uh on the the course wanted to do yes here's the other question it was actually a smart move because the rule as it's applied there if you get a two-stroke penalty you count that stroke I mean I can see maybe it being a push. He almost sunk the putt. The putt, you know, like the ball went right over the top of the hole and kind of popped up. Um, but if it had gone all the way back down, he was likely to get a 3-2 anyway. So it's kind of the same thing. It's just saving a little bit of time. Uh, let me bring in Eddie Garcia, and then I want to hit this Landon Donovan question because I do think that one is uh, is actually intriguing relative to Mickelson. Uh, let's bring in uh, Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Well, we'll start with golf and your Geico scoreboard. 118th U.S. Open and Brooks Kepka shot a final round 68 to finish one over par. Good enough for a one-stroke victory, and he's the first golfer to win back-to-back U.S. Open titles since Curtis Strange in 1988 and 89. Tommy Fleetwood went out early on Sunday, shot a 63 to tie a single-round record at the U.S. Open. He finished runner-up, and the number one-ranked golfer in the world, Dustin Johnson, finished two shots back in third place. Soccer day four at the World Cup. Mexico surprises Germany 1-0. Germany, the defending World Cup champs, were shut out in a World Cup opener for the first time ever. Brazil was surprised by Switzerland as they played to a 1-1 draw. Serbia down, Croatia 1-0. Coverage of day five of the World Cup begins at 8 a.m. Eastern time this morning on FS1. In baseball, Astros make it 11 wins in a row with a 7-4 victory over the Royals. This report's brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Good stuff. We're coming to you live. Geico Outkick Studios. It's easy to say 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figure Figuring out which way is easier. Jason Martin, do the callers want to react to Phil Mickelson or they want to react to Landon Donovan? Landon. Uh, okay, so let's 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 pivot there. So Jason Martin uh, cared about the Phil Mickelson thing and wanted him to be uh, DQ'd. Um, we could take some calls on that, but I want to put this context now. Are you more bothered by Phil Mickelson uh, and what he did on 13, hitting a moving ball on the green, or are you more bothered by Landon Donovan deciding to take endorsement money from a bank to say that he wants Mexico to do well and encouraging everybody out there to root for Mexico in the process? 
I am more bothered by this. And here is what Landon Donovan tweeted. The tournament is here, USA fans. Our team may not be in Russia, but our neighbors to the south are. So join me in their proud sponsor. I'm not going to give a shout-out to their sponsor to cheer on another team. Okay, and then several U.S. men's soccer team players were like, wait a minute, this is, uh, this is not, a, uh, not something that I would be in favor of. And in fact, one of the U.S. men's team uh, members came out and said, Carlos Bocanegra said, really? And responded to Landon Donovan's tweet. And then Landon Donovan went all PC bro on him and said, you grew up in Southern California and owe much of your soccer skill to playing with Mexicans. Your father is of Mexican descent. Look around our country. Are you happy with how we're treating Mexicans? Open your mind. Stand for something and remember where you came from. Peace and love. And then Hercules Gomez came back and said, this is an incredibly terrible take, Landon. Questioning one's loyalty to culture and or heritage because he questioned you for taking marketing dollars to root for your sporting rival. You can hate El Tree. This doesn't mean you have anything against Mexico. And I agree completely with Hercules Gomez there. Uh, and uh, and anyway, this has turned into, a, I would say, a decent World Cup controversy with lots of people out there weighing in. Because even if you're not a soccer fan, you certainly understand the concept of having a hated rival. If you're an Ohio State fan, you probably don't root for Michigan. If you're Alabama, you don't root for Auburn. And by the way, that's vice versa. If you are SC, you don't root for UCLA. Would you take marketing dollars in order to tell people to root for a fan, for a team? You, I think it's even worse if you're Landon Donovan because you legitimately competed against them. But I think most fans out there feel like you're either on one side or the other and what Landon Donovan did is pretty indefensible. And frankly, what the company that sponsored him and asked him to do is pretty indefensible too. Now, I understand uh, the idea if you are a, let's say you're you're Hispanic and you live in the United States and you've got family in Mexico. I totally understand how you could root for the U.S. and Mexico. Totally makes sense to me. The rivalry is not as deep to you there. For most of us, I think if you're a soccer fan you're not a fan of Mexico, all right? That doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy watching Mexico play against Germany and may not have even been rooting for them a little bit because I like to see the underdog win, and I like to see the underdog win more than I hate Mexico as a U.S. men's soccer team. The reason why Mexico made the World Cup had nothing to do with the collapse of the U.S. men's team. But I think it's an interesting debate. Which is worse Phil Mickelson, and maybe I need to put this poll question up too, which is worse, Phil Mickelson on the 13th green hitting his golf ball or Landon Donovan going with Mexico and telling everybody else to root for them? And then I think it made me like him even less when he doubled down and tried to lecture the other guy for saying that Landon Donovan shouldn't be uh, encouraging people to root for Mexico, right? Like when uh, when Carlos Bocanegro said, really, and, and and just put a question mark, and then Landon Donovan went all PC bro on him and lectured him about how his dad was Mexican and like, oh, you should be like, oh, get out of here, Landon Donovan. Like, you took money to root for Mexico. It's not. I would be a little bit more defending it if he had just randomly tweeted it out. Like, hey, uh, due to the fact the United States is not in the country, not in the World Cup, I'm actually going to be rooting for Mexico. I know some of you will think that that means me, makes me a turncoat, but I've got a lot of good friends on the Mexican soccer in the Mexican soccer leagues and also on this national team, and they're our closest neighbor. Like I could understand that on some level. 
So which of these is worse? Which bothers you more? Jason Martin, I'm guessing it's going to be Phil Mickelson for you. This just didn't ring a bell to me. Like, I just didn't care all that much. The reason, the only reason I care is because of the Wells Fargo thing. No, mainly. no, no. Don't even, don't even, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I don't want to be in the business on this show of when a company does something that is tone deaf, we give them any kind of credit at all. It's a bank. A bank made this decision. Like, I don't want to give them brand spots because they would, in order to be mentioned on this show otherwise, a bank would have to spend thousands of dollars. And so, as a result, I'm not just going to give them away free mentions. So, just avoid everybody out there. Like, this is my position. Don't, and when someone, a company does something that you disagree with, don't give them free mentions for an advertisement like this. So, you didn't care. I mean, I didn't at the time. Like, I, my only thing, I guess, at this stage is I'm not sure why you're, why you're firing back the way Landon did after the initial deal. Like, if he wants to do this, I guess that he's going to do he's this. He's doing he, it 100% he should know he's do flack, for money. But he's trying to make, yeah, he's trying to make money. He does have a claim because he played for La Liga this year coming out of retirement and playing in Mexico. And, you know, he's from SoCal. So there's, you know, there is a tie in to a lot of that. But, like, at the same time, this whole thing rings false to me. And without naming the company, the company has had some serious PR issues over the last few years that they're trying to get out from underneath. And this whole thing just, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It doesn't, it didn't initially bother me, but as it's kind of gone on and as he's reacted to it, it's gotten worse for him. Every time I see him do something, I like this a little bit less for Landon Donovan. Yeah, here's the th- here's the way I would think. If you're not a soccer guy and you don't care, the U.S. versus Mexico in soccer uh, in the soccer world is like Ohio State versus Michigan. It's like Alabama versus Auburn. Would you feel a little bit sick to your stomach if the next time Ohio State is in the playoff, if Tom Brady did an ad and he held up a sign that said, my other team is Ohio State? for an advertisement money. I think Tom Brady would get savaged beyond belief for this. And I think Michigan fans would be at him. I think Ohio State fans would be like, we don't want Tom Brady like telling you guys to root for us. I think everybody would hate that idea. I think who's the most famous current Alabama-Auburn player one way or the other? If Charles Barkley came out, he's obviously a very famous Auburn alum, and he was doing an advertisement. Now, maybe Barkley could get away with it because it would seem a little bit like a joke because he's got, uh, obviously, uh, a lot of uh, humor connected to his brand. But if Charles Barkley held up a sign that said, my other team is Alabama, I think just about everybody out there, when Alabama was about to play in a championship game, I think just about everybody out there would feel sick to their stomach if they were an Auburn fan or if they were an Alabama fan. Like, in general, you pick a side. If Matt Leinart out in L.A. held up a sign, if UCLA under Chip Kelly ends up being good, and Matt Leinart held up a sign that said, my other, I've always been a Bruin too, and he was doing it for an advertisement for a bank, I think a lot of people out there would be sick to their stomach. Reggie Bush the same way. It doesn't matter. Like You're on one side or the other when it comes to great sports rivalries, and I think for many people that struck him the wrong way. What about you guys in L.A.? Is anybody else on my side that you're more bothered by Landon Donovan? By I'm more bothered by Landon Donovan <laughs> by far than I am by what Phil Mickelson did on 13. I just don't think your analogies work in this case because here we are in California where there's a huge population of Mexican-Americans and they root for both USA and Mexico. So it would be more like if you lived in the Bay Area, let's say, 
and the Oakland A's were out of the playoffs. So you said, ah, let's switch our attention over to the for, Giants. But that's for your unique part of the country. Okay, like, but that's where he's from, and so that's yeah, why. Yeah, but it's a national ad. So correct. You, you, you're not just appealing to uh, to Southern California. If there was some local Southern California brand that didn't exist anywhere else, then I would be like, okay, like I can kind of, I can kind of see, I guess, the the reason for the ad. But Landon Donovan's fan base is nationwide when it comes to the U.S. men's soccer team. But I guess it didn't bother me because of how our USA squad is not in the cup right now. Right, if- but he pay- he sold out to me. For I don't know what they paid him one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars. Like if he came out and said, "Hey guys, sorry I goofed. They gave me four hundred thousand dollars and uh, and I needed the money." I'd be like, "Okay, like you're willing to just sell your elite." To me, what Landon Donovan represents is U.S. men's soccer. So the only reason why I care about Landon Donovan at all is because of the success he's had with the U.S. men's soccer team. When you decide that you are going to endorse the one team that U.S. men's soccer has a legit rivalry with. Because I don't think in, in, the United, in, the, in the CONCACAF region, there's not a rivalry with Canada. There's not a rivalry with Costa Rica. There's not a rivalry with Peru. Like, the, the only country that we can really feel, or Jamaica or Trinidad and Tobago, I know we play those teams and they're deep, whatever. I'm not trying to just jump all over them and say they suck. But the only country that is remotely similar to us in population is Mexico. And so when, the, when you look at the way they treat the U.S. men's team when they go down there, they throw urine on them, they curse like crazy at the Stadium Azteca, I think it is. That is a intense rivalry. And so I think if you have played in it, it's even more difficult to believe that you would take money in order to root for Mexico. And obviously Mexico got a great win over, uh, over Germany. I mean, that was a really fun game. I mean, Mexico, the counterattack that they had, the opportunities they had to score – uh, Germany obviously controlled much of the game, but could not put the find a way to score a goal. Uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines because I'd like to know you guys' opinion across the nation. I don't want to just hear from people in Southern California like, oh, we've got a lot of Mexican people here. And I'm going to put it up as a poll question too. Uh, were you bothered by Landon Donovan saying, taking money to tell people to root for Mexico? Because again, I think that's an important distinction. If Landon Donovan had just been like, hey guys, you know, I'm rooting for Mexico out of all the teams that are in the World Cup because the U.S. is not here because I have good relationships with Mexico and he wanted to toss in political reasons that he was upset by it, whatever. I would be like, okay, Landon Donovan, you have the right to your opinion. But when you're Landon Donovan and you are just taking money in order to endorse Mexico, it just really sounds, makes me feel sick. And again, It's the same thing, I I would put it in the context of college football, which is where I think our best rivalries exist. If Tom Brady were holding up a a sign to do an advertisement during uh, the college football playoff, and he said, my other team is Ohio State, I think all of you out there would be like, "Uh uh-uh, not going to stand for it. I think if Charles Barkley had come out and said, my other team is Alabama, I think that a lot of you out there would say, no, nah, I'm not going to – that's a bridge too far, uh, Sir Charles. What about you guys with Landon Donovan? Am I the only person who believes this? Because uh, Justin Cooper, are you on my side here or the other side? No, I don't, uh, I don't really care. Make your paper. So I'm the only person who has any soul at all on this show. Not a surprise. 877-996-6369. Well, <laughs> you're the same Landon guy. You, Donovan said, you said you would himself. take any live reads at all for OutKick. Yeah, but that's literally my job. 
My well, job. That's his is, job too. No, his job is to play soccer. Not and then on They top booted of it, him off no, the team when he still was is able to, to play, play soccer. My job on this show is to make money for the show. Now, I wouldn't change topics. To me, that's like what I, I, I've said this before. I'll explain this the distinction, but let me do it quickly here. We had back on my old show in Nashville, they were like, hey, we're going to sell 15-minute advertisements to restaurants, and you guys are going to sit and talk about how much you like this restaurant food for 15 minutes. And I went and I said, no, I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to sell my opinions on like the actual show to advertisers. Like, I'm sure right now we could go out and say, like, hey, hey, Clay Travis, you're going to talk for 15 minutes about how much you like this product, and it's just going to be embedded in the show. I would say, no, I'm not going to do that. People are listening to us. They want our actual opinions in the world. Now, I'll do an ad as we go to break. I'll, I'm fine with ads that, that happen during the course of the show, but that, to me, there's a difference between uh, completely selling out and doing your job. And I think Landon Donovan completely sold out. You can disagree. 877, and be wrong. 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick. The coverage, your reactions. How much of a sellout is Landon Donovan, or am I wrong? Which is not the case. This is Fox Sports Radio. Perfect song pull from Danny G coming back. I got bad blood with Mexico and Landon Donovan. I think what he did, absolutely inexcusable. 877-996-6369. 877-996-6369. Poll question is up. Taylor Swift wouldn't stand for this. T-Swizzle, no way. Which bothered you more? Landon Donovan taking money to endorse the Mexican soccer team or Phil Mickelson hitting a moving golf ball on 13? A thousand of you have voted during that commercial break. And I'll tell you what the results were momentarily. But first, I have to do an ad because I take money. At Pro Customers, at Lowe's. Actually, I don't get the money. The company does. But then they pay me. Pro customers at Lowe's save 5% on every purchase every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% on all purchases in store or online, subject to credit approval, U.S. only. Now, I do have in my contract the ability to decide to do or not do an ad. So occasionally I have said, you know what? No, I won't do this. Most of the time it has been something that like like they came to me and they're like, hey, will you do, um, I'm trying to think of something that I've said no to. I can't even remember, but we I have turned down ads before. But by and large, like that's literally my job. I exist to make ad money so that this company, we continue to do the show. Which bothered you more? Landon Donovan taking money to endorse the Mexican soccer team or Phil Mickelson hitting a moving golf ball? Uh, a thousand of you have voted. 84% of you say Landon Donovan endorsing Mexico bothers you more than Phil Mickelson hitting a moving golf ball. That doesn't surprise me at all. It maybe surprises me a little bit that it's that lopsided, but I thought that Landon Donovan was going to be uh, the one that everybody was much more upset by. Uh, let's take some of your calls. I'll get to you quickly. Jose in Fremont. What's up, Jose? What's up, brother? Hang in there with me because I got some facts that you're not pointing out either. So check this out. First of all, the golf thing bothers me more because I know golf is highly golf ethics. It's like you don't mess around with it. So that bothers me more. I am not Mexican. I'm Hispanic descent from California. I The Landon Donovan thing has a lot of things to it. First of all, La Liga, he plays for La Liga now. They are now in a partnership with MLS. They're partners. MLS is biggest, one of the biggest sponsors of MLS has Wells Fargo. I mean, sorry, my bad. I didn't mean to do that. Got to drop but him. That nope, that's the rule. Fi- fire him. Fire him. He's gone. If you mention a company and give them a free plug, 
when they have done something that everybody disagrees with, you get dropped. You don't get to get, continue your argument. Let's go to uh, Bob in Tennessee. What's up, Bob? Hey, Clay. Uh, rivalries in international competition and are, are not nearly as intense as a regularly played pro or college rivalry. We don't really hate Mexico. It's just not that big a deal. But what Phil did has got to be eliminated or everybody will start doing it. I don't, I don't even – So, thanks for the call. I don't even agree with that because, to me, when I'm applying this rule, what Phil did was partly based on frustration, but it isn't that big of a benefit. All right, let me explain what I mean by that. It is a two-stroke penalty what he did. All right, so when the ball is rolling on the green, and we'll talk with Ned Michaels about this, who's a golf expert, works for NBC in the next hour. But when he hit the ball and it's rolling, that's a stroke, right? When he gets to the ball and he hits it back the other way, that's a stroke. And also, it's a two-stroke penalty on top of that. So best case scenario there, he is going to lose three strokes, right? He loses the stroke for hitting the moving ball. That is a penalty. Like, he gets to count that stroke. And then he gets two more strokes. In pro golf, if you can't get up and down in two shots you're doing a pretty bad job from wherever that ball would have ended up. So I think Phil Mickelson cost himself a stroke there, and I don't think anybody else would be likely to do that. Now, if he had sunk the the ball when he hit it, then he would have still cost himself three strokes. So I don't even buy into the idea, and I'll talk with this about with Ned Michaels, but I'm going to get to your calls reacting to Landon Donovan next, 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis from the Geico Outkick Studios on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Um, let's play that audio for you yesterday. By the way, if you're just waking up, thanks for joining us here on Outkick. I uh, got a couple of poll questions up for you. Which did you watch more of, the World Cup or the U.S. Open? Which bothers you more, Landon Donovan endorsing Mexico, or did it bother you more that Phil Mickelson hit a moving golf ball on 13 on Saturday? Well, I guess Landon Donovan was running around his house like crazy when this happened. Mexico, big goal against the good old uh, Germans. Here, here was the sound. Give and go. Chicharito from Guardado. Here he comes. Hernandez leads it. Lozano. Cutting. Looking. Shooting. Lozano. Go. Mexico leads. So um, I have a problem in a big way with Landon Donovan endorsing Mexico and then also with him lecturing people who were calling him out on endorsing Mexico. He's taking money from a bank in order to do it. And we got open uh, loaded phone lines, I believe. 877-996-6369. The poll question uh, I asked was, there were a lot of uh, controversy over the weekend um, about Phil Mickelson hitting a moving golf ball. Also, for soccer fans, seeing Landon Donovan, a U.S. men's team star, endorsing Mexico and saying that he's rooting for Mexico struck people the wrong way. Uh, thousands of you rolling in and voting here on my Twitter feed. You can find me at Clay Travis. Which bothered you more? Landon Donovan endorsing Mexico, getting 83% of the vote. By the way, I was curious on this. Thousands more of you voting in this. Which did you watch more of over the weekend, the World Cup or the U.S. Open? At least so far in my audience, the U.S. Open is winning uh, in golf 62% of the vote to 38% of you for the World Cup. I feel like the World Cup people are going to wake up later. 
<laughs> I feel like this is one poll that is going to be slanted by uh, the time of day that the poll has started. I feel like golfers tend to be older. They tend to be more conservative. They're going to be up early in the morning. I feel like World Cup fans are younger. They're hungover. They were having their Sunday fun day, and they'll wake up later in the day and end up weighing in. So I think this thing will end up closer by the end. Uh, but who should I go to first here, uh, Jason Martin? Daniel in Alabama, Clay. Let's go to Daniel in Alabama. What's up, Daniel? Hey, how's it going? Living the dream. All right. Yeah, uh, just a couple points, I guess. I think it's just more of a thing of national pride. I could kind of compare it to, like, the USA hockey team if we got knocked out of the Olympic tournament. And then one of the players was like, oh, why don't you just uh, root for Russia? And, you know, it's just kind of a slap in the face. Uh, There's another commercial, too, that was – a car company asking us to root for their teams. And when you see it, it just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth because it's like, uh, yeah, it's just a little slap in the face to Americans, and it just kind of hurts the national pride, but that's all I got. Yeah, here's the deal. I feel like I'm a marketing genius, and I feel like I'm a public relations genius. I feel like I'm a genius on several levels, but I know I'm a marketing genius. I, I feel as if if you came to me and you were a U.S. men's hockey player and you said, hey – We got knocked out. I'm going to tweet out an advertisement for a company telling everybody to root for Canada now to win the World Cup or whatever, win the gold medal in hockey. I feel like most people out there would say, would cringe at that. And we know, obviously, that there is much of a connection between Canada and the United States when it comes to hockey. The NHL spills over into both countries. Uh, The number of players who come from other countries and play in the NHL is massive. I feel like most of you would cringe if you thought that. Same thing would happen. Let's put it into, it's a good point uh, from Daniel there. Let's put it into like U.S. men's basketball. Let's say that we lost and then there was a member of the U.S. men's basketball team. If Michael Jordan said, my other team is Croatia, I'm rooting for Croatia. That's not even a huge rivalry, but if he did it for Russia, I don't even know who our rival is in basketball. Is it Venezuela? Is it? I don't even know who the best teams are otherwise. So it doesn't apply as well. But I think certainly for Canada and the United States, there is a hockey rivalry there. I think certainly for the United States and for uh, and for Mexico, there's a rivalry there. I think if Landon Donovan had done this commercial and he had said, my other team is Costa Rica, I don't think people would have really cared at all. Because they'd be like, okay, Costa Rica, you know, like they're a small country. I can see myself rooting for them. I think a lot of people out there listening to us right now are picking a team to root for in the World Cup because the United States is not there. For instance, I'll be honest, I'm rooting for England. I like the country of England. Uh, I, they invented soccer effectively. They haven't won a World Cup since 1966. I love the way that country is obsessed with uh, with soccer. I'd like to see England do well because they haven't won one. Germany and France have won recently from England, I mean from Europe. We've had Brazil win so many over the years. So I would probably be rooting for England. I'm not going to really care that much if they lose, but if I had to pick a team right now that I'm rooting for, it would be England. Sean in Indianapolis. What's up, Sean? What's up, uh, the last caller kind of made my point with that uh, German car company. Uh, you know, they were promoting them. So it made me want to root for Mexico in that game because I didn't even know about the Landon Donovan tweet. So I, uh, right now it just kind of bothers me because I feel like it's a lot of uh, 
USA country bashing on us because we're so big and strong. So now they're doing everything they can to take their shots at us. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was rooting for Mexico against Germany because I tend to root for the underdog. For the same reason, and I said earlier, I can't even remember which team was playing because I get Switzerland and Sweden uh, mixed up all the time. Are they neighbors? Can we not just make that one country? Are they that different, Switzerland and Sweden? Um, I know Switzerland, you know, they're they're always, you know, like neutral and everything else. And and Sweden is not that far away from them. I feel like those should just be sister countries because I can't, I can't ever tell the difference between them when they play. And so uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you, and it happens every year. Same thing, and these are in different continents, but I also get these con- confused. Paraguay and Uruguay, names are too similar. I, don't, I know that one is in Europe, I believe, and one is in Latin America. I'm sorry, there should be a universal person out there who's in charge of saying, you know what, I understand you want to name your country this, but people like Clay Travis are never going to be able to tell the difference. You can't have a Paraguay and a Uruguay. You can't have a Switzerland and a Sweden. Too close. Too close. They can't start with S. They can't sound the same. The people, you know, like, I'm sorry, you may love that country name. It's too similar. Like, we need a copyright on country names. I should be in charge of that, too. I can look at it, and I can be like, you know what? The average person out there is never going to be able to tell the difference between Paraguay and Uruguay. Big difference in the countries. They Did sound you say the they were on different continents, Clay? Aren't Paraguay and Uruguay no. on different co- continents? No, they're both South America. All right, that's even worse. By I the way, Sweden Par- and Switzerland are not next to each other. They're kind of close, though, right? Not really. They are in my mind. I got to tell you, are you with me that Sweden and Switzerland sound way too much similar? Do you get them I mean, mixed up? No, not really. Paraguay yeah, and Uruguay, I can see your argument um, and, and have made How the argument before. How close are Paraguay and Uruguay? Uh, let's see here. I thought Paraguay was over in Europe. I'm going to be honest it's with not. you. It's not. See, that's, I, I, they're even, that, there's even more similarity between the two of them than there are. I think maybe Paraguay and Portugal, I sometimes get crossed over to. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we're big in Portugal or Paraguay, but that that's a little bit too similar for my taste, too. They're pretty close to each other. Paraguay and Uruguay are almost next to each Would other. Would you agree with me that like we have a United States Copyright Office, and if two companies are too similar, then and I feel the same way, by the way, about Hyatt and Hilton. I, I never can remember which one is which, and why do you have to have almost identical names? Like it, When the Hyatt and the Hilton were started, I have actually in the Hyatt and the Hilton mix-ups, I have gone to the wrong hotel and tried to go into the, like in downtown Atlanta, the Hyatt and the Hilton are both close to each other. And they're almost identical to me. Like I can't tell the difference between them. I have gone to the Hilton or the Hyatt, I don't remember which one, and tried to go into my room in the wrong hotel. Like I have been, I've been up on the 21st floor of one of the two, I can't remember which one, walking around like trying to get my key to work and then I'm like I don't know why my key's not working oh I'm in the wrong hotel never should have had two hotels that are always in the same town and sound almost identical well, I could have well, told you that was going to happen a long enemy, time Clay. ago fight the real enemy Indiana Illinois and Iowa all I can tell the, next to one another let's I, let that go too it's I can ridiculous. tell that I can tell that apart because I can visualize those countries like I have the geographic strength They're states to be able yeah well whatever I can tell that I have the geographic strength to be able to tell those people apart. I don't have it for Paraguay and Uruguay. And I don't have it for Switzerland and Sweden. It's because you don't live there. Right. But I'm trying you, to if think. If you live there, I'm it would trying make total to think sense to you. For the world, I'm trying to make sense of it. I don't think most people care 
they think about the United States. There aren't very many people worldwide listening to us right now. Like our buddy over in Saudi Arabia, he's like, he's not like, oh my God, there's probably a tremendous difference between Iowa and Indiana. It's like to him, that's just the United States. Only if you live here do you think there's a big difference. For instance, if you live in Mississippi, you think there is a big difference between Ole Miss and Mississippi State, right? To you, that difference is massive. Like Ole Miss people look down on Mississippi State people and they're like, all those people are a bunch of rednecks. And by the way, there ain't nobody in Mississippi if one of those schools was playing for a championship and a company was like, hey, can you go wear like a banner that says my other team is Ole Miss or my other team is Mississippi State? There ain't nobody who's affiliated with one of those schools that would be willing to do that. That's a hated rivalry. Same thing in South Carolina, Clemson, South Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky, Georgia, Georgia Tech. I don't think those are good analogies. Rivalries. Those are good analogies. But I, here's I didn't the point. even know Mexico. On, on this Missis- is my so- wait, wait, wait. This is my soccer ignorance apparently. But I've never looked at Mexico as a rival with U.S. Then, like, then I, I don't not, care enough. You're not. You're not paying. Yes, you don't. You don't care enough. Just like you wouldn't care if you're if you're like I, I watch the Iron Bowl, but I don't really care whether Alabama or Auburn. Like if you are on one side or the other here then you are disgusted by Landon Donovan. I love the U.S. I love the right, U.S. I, understand, I live here. I'm just saying I'm not anti-Mexico. I don't look at it and just say, well, we should always root against Mexico. I, I don't because see you're this not, international deal anywhere near as close as like you're not Texas, as, Oklahoma or that's something. To you're me, not those are totally committed. different. But Cl- that's, you're not as committed to soccer. Clay, you, early soccer on fans, is, Clay. That's why this isn't that fan. big a story. No, th- there are millions of people out there who are diehard U.S. men's national team. You may not be one of them, there's I'm diehard U.S. Men's mil- national team. I'm no, not pulling not, for Mexico. You're I'm not, not pulling di- for anybody. You're not a diehard if you don't hate Mexico. The diehard people, really? the people who, yes, the people who are going to show up and chant, you know, I believe that we will win, and are going to walk around wearing like soccer uh, scarves, and are going to walk around in U.S. Men's team jerseys all the time, and are going to wake up at 2 a.m. to make sure that they're not missing a U.S. men's team game when it's taking place in Korea during the World Cup. There is a segment of the population that is diehard U.S. men's soccer team. Now, there is a much bigger segment of the population that is kind of like, oh, I root for the United States, I will watch the World Cup. And that's probably like 80% of the U.S. soccer fan base. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you I'm just are saying I hate di- Brazil just as much as I hate Mexico or anybody else. I'm just saying, like, I didn't know Mexico was some oh, gigantic rival yeah. compared to... I mean, Brazil always wins, so of course I'm not going to pull for yeah, them. They, Same thing Brazil, with, like, a Spain or a Germany or anybody Brazil, like that. But those countries don't really consider the U.S. to be a rival. I mean, when we went and played Mexico, they chanted that they were Osama Bin Laden fans. Like, in okay. Mexico... I mean, I didn't know... One, I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. I mean, if you, if you listen to the chants, like, Mexico... I mean, they throw urine on our players. They uh, they are despicable in the way that they root for Mexico in United in games against the United States in Stadium Azteca. The Bin Laden thing is is unacceptable. Yes, they I have not chanted that. that's, that's support awful. for Osama Bin Laden. They boo the United States national anthem throughout the time that it airs during the game in Mexico. Like it is a nasty, dirty rivalry. If you actually pay attention to the particular surrounding those games so there are a lot of people who are diehard committed to the U.S. team that just fervently dislike Mexico now I also understand that there are people who have backgrounds where they root for a multitude of countries for instance like right now I think there is a campaign out there where you can get your genetic testing done 
and then you can use that to give you an idea who to root for since the U.S. is not playing, right? So if you go back and you look and you're like, oh, my uh, Italy's not in it either. I was going to use Italy as my example, right? But if you find out that your DNA uh, is rooted in Spain, maybe you're going to root for Spain. If you find out that your your family was from England back in the day or your family was from you know an African country or wherever it is, like there is that campaign, I can certainly understand how you can root for multiple people. So if you have family that's from Mexico, I understand how you can live in the United States and root for Mexico too. But by and large the reaction from U.S. men's team players to Landon Donovan is predicated on that Mexico is like a hated rival. And I think the best analogy to make is in the world of college sports where there's a, you know, a line that separates the two, but there's also a cross-pollination, which in some way makes you dislike people more. For instance, you mentioned Oklahoma and Texas. There are a lot of Oklahomans who live in Texas. There are a lot of Texans who live in Oklahoma that cross-pollination across the border can make that rivalry even more intense. And if it's in-state, it's even more ridiculous because you pass the, you know, the, the on Saturday after the Iron Bowl, Alabama and Auburn fans have to sit next to each other at church and pass the offering plate around. The reason why I was mentioning Mississippi and Mississippi State is um, if you're not from that place, you don't understand how intense the discord can be. And so we were talking earlier about you were like Iowa, Indiana, and Illinois. Like they all start with I, and they're all joke. kind of in the same place. Yeah, right. But in that context, like people in Iowa think there's a big difference between them and Illinois, right? Whether it's true or not, who knows? People in Mississippi think there's a big difference between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Like if you live in Mississippi, you are out here right now. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're like, oh, Mississippi State fans are rednecks. They're a bunch of farmers. They're a bunch of losers. And Mississippi State fans are like, Ole Miss people are a bunch of uppity, rich kids. You know what everybody who's not from Mississippi thinks? You're all rednecks. But in Mississippi, everybody's like, oh, there's a big difference between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And so the closer you get to like the state level or the regional level, there's a big difference between those programs. Whereas the bigger you get, like everybody else out there is like, I don't, I don't think of Ole Miss as being like the uppity school in Mississippi. I think everybody there is a bunch of backwoods rednecks, right? So it always is kind of interesting depending on the perspective in which you look at it. Let me take a few more of your calls here uh, before I go to uh, Ned Michaels to find out about what Phil, uh, Phil Mickelson was doing. What, who should I go to? Bill in Jacksonville? Yep. Bill in Jacksonville, what's up? Yeah, Landon Donovan is nothing but a shill, okay? Yeah. The guy's a dirtbag shill. But let me say one other thing. Sports, Fox Sports Radio talks about this World Cup only because it's on Fox Sports. No, okay? sorry, Bill. Look, I, all right, let's hang up here. Look, has there ever been a point in time, I'll ask you guys, where I have come on and I have said, we're going to talk about this subject because of the Fox connection. I think you could criticize me for a lot, for a variety of different things in the years that I've done this show. Have I ever reached out to any of you and said, we're going to talk about this because it's on Fox? No. I mean, that, that, no. that's just an awful take. Like, <laughs> Why would you not talk about the World Cup right now, especially with it being so little else yeah. going on? The I mean, U.S. Open is, is also on Fox. Like, I, I, yes. You can criticize me for a lot. Every day, what, there has never been a point in time where any subject has been dictated by anyone other than me. 
like I make the decisions about what the subjects are going to be on this show. Now the guys will make suggestions, say, hey, what about this, what about that? Like, yes. But there's never been a point in time where we've come in and we've said, hey, we have to talk about this. But for people out there, Fox Sports Radio is not even owned by Fox Sports. Yeah, these are not the same things, not, I do not get a paycheck from Fox Sports. I make zero dollars from Fox Sports. So I will come on and give you whatever my opinion is on yep. any subject. So the next time Clay says boobs on national television, do not complain to Fox Television. That's right, where they specifically said, I am not an employee of Fox. Yeah, you've never once said to us, we got to cover this because the network is all about it. And that that would be like... And to the network's that, credit, they've never no, even no, reached out and no. said, hey, can you talk about this? And none of our bosses at Fox Sports Radio ever have either. There's never been a point in time where somebody has reached out to me and said, hey, can you talk about this because of X or Y? Like, I make decisions because I think they're good topics. Yeah, we're asked to play the hits like the other networks. That's why the other networks covered the U.S. Open, even though it was on Fox. I mean, we're not even asked to play the hits. It's just kind of like when you no, do national much, sports you know talk radio, gonna yeah. you're going to talk about the subjects that the most right. people well, we, care about. We we're in this job you. because yeah. we know what to talk about. Like we, we have an idea of what topics are going to trend and what's going to move and what matters. And those are the things we decide to talk about. Fox has never once said, you must discuss X topic or Y topic. That has not happened one time since we started doing this show. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Daniel in Anaheim. What's up, Daniel? Hello, Clay. Yes. How's it going? It's going well. This is bad. (laughs) I can can barely hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, let's hang up on him. All right, so this is like, first of all, and I he just walked up time. to his ball, Clay. He just walked up to his ball while it was moving and tried to hit another stroke. If you <laughs> call into this show, assume two things. One, I am fine. If I am not fine, I will come on and I will tell you, assume that I am, I'm doing well. Assume that Never I'm not fine. in the throes of uh, near-death experience, that my heart is not in the middle of having an attack. Assume that I'm fine. Secondly, be ready to go. All right? We got loaded line. We got tons of people who want to talk. Be ready to roll the moment that you are gone to. Just hit me with your opinion. Like Primo, hopefully, in Orlando is going to do. Primo, what's up? Absolutely. Guys, listen. Landon Donovan is the face, or excuse me, was the face of U.S. soccer. Okay? This guy was a hero. And I'm appalled by what he did. Because, I mean, actually, you know what? I'm not, I don't so much as blame him as I do the institution who paid him to do this. Yeah. Because I, I, just wish, I just wish to God that institutions, corporations, would just keep their hats out of the political ring, shut up, and exist for what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Stop throwing your hat into the political ring. Amen. Yeah, I, I, I agree, too. It's like when Delta decided they needed to have an opinion on the Second Amendment. Remember after the shooting down in Florida, like they were giving a discount to the NRA. They gave a discount to every different political organization out there. And then Delta decided, oh, we've got to address what our opinion is in the Second Amendment. I'm like, why do I care what my airline's opinion is on the Second Amendment? I want you to care about your actual business. Amen. Make the Wi-Fi work when I am in the air, okay? Make That's sure that you're – exactly. Spend your energy and effort trying to make your product better – Instead of making me believe that every every single corporation in America has to have a political opinions on things that don't impact them at all, like I don't care about it at all. Let me get one more uh, call in, and then we're going to go to uh, is, is, uh, is Joey still there? Yep. 
All right, then then we'll close down the phone lines and go to Ned Michaels for a minute. Joey in Virginia. What's up, Joey? Hey, uh, glad y'all are doing fine. I just wanted to say you blew me out of the water with the Bin Laden thing. So I'll say uh, remember the Alamo. <laughs> and uh, my uh, favorite pitcher is David Wells. And my favorite city in the U.S. is uh, Fargo, Minnesota. Thanks. Joey was going to defend Landon Donovan. But the Bin Laden thing turned him around. Is basically what he was saying there. And honestly, it kind of turned me around too. Well, that's, I think that's a fact boo, I did not know. If they boo your national anthem the whole time that it's being sung before a game, like that's a sign that they really don't respect your country. And so you can respect the individual talent of the team, but this is a nasty, nasty rivalry. And I think it becomes all the more nasty when you're on the U.S. men's soccer team and you play in the United States and Mexico fills up the stadium to root against you. Like, that is, and and they treat you like dog crap. So the idea that I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I know that I had this bitter rivalry for 20 years of my soccer career doing everything that I could to beat Mexico and find a way to advance my country into the World Cup. And then, oh, by the way, now I'm going to root for them if a company gives me enough money to say that I love Mexico. Screw that. No way. Um, I am Clay Travis. Up next will be Ned Michaels. But first, I got to tell you, using True Car, you can easily find the car you want. With True Price from True Car, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever visit a dealership. The True Price includes all dealer fees and accessories. True Car will show you what other people in your area paid for the car you want. Now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident and your certified dealers know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. There are over 15,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. True Car users save an average of over three grand off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available. In all states. Up next, it is Ned Michaels is going to tell us about this Phil Mickelson move and explain it uh, for us from NBC Sports. It's Ned Michaels. All that and more. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you, uh, which one am I supposed to do here? Speaking of ads, live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where we're also coming to you live, and you can save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Joined now here momentarily by Ned Michaels to talk about the Phil Mickelson situation. But first, let's let's hit Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Well, let's check in on a Geico scoreboard. We'll start with golf at the 118th U.S. Open. Brooks Kepka shot a final round 68 to finish one over par, good enough for a one-stroke victory. And he becomes the first golfer to win back-to-back U.S. Open titles since Curtis Strange in 1988-89. Tommy Fleetwood went out early on Sunday, shot a 63 to tie the single-round scoring record at the U.S. Open. He finished runner-up. Number one-ranked player in the world, Dustin Johnson, finished two shots back and in third place. Soccer day four at the World Cup. Mexico over Germany, 1-0. Brazil and Switzerland played to a 1-1 tie. Serbia beat Costa Rica, 1-0. Coverage of day five of the World Cup begins at 8 a.m. Eastern time on FS1. And it's also time for our Geico Play of the Day. Give and go. Chicharito from Guardado. Here he comes. Hernandez leads it. Lozano. Cutting. Looking. Shooting. Lozano. Go. Mexico leads. 
As heard on Fox, that was the only goal in Mexico's 1-0 win over defending World Cup champion Germany. Now back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Let's go with my guy Ned Michael. Should be with us now. Uh, He was at the U.S. Open. He was breaking down everything surrounding Phil Mickelson and what happened at 13 on Saturday. What's the story, Ned? Hey, what's happening, buddy? Listen, the story is that that he's a mad scientist. It was bizarrely brilliant, right? So the ball's rolling, it's bogey putt. It's going to roll all the way off the green into a position that you're never going to get the ball up and down from. As a matter of fact, you might hit it heavy and leave it in the bunker. I mean, you could do anything from where the ball was going. Phil decided, you know what? While the ball's rolling, I'm going to go hit it. And if it goes in, if you do the math, the score actually would have been exactly the same. The problem was that he didn't. He screwed up the end game. He missed a little comebacker after he hit the rolling putt, so he ended up taking a 10. But he talked about it afterwards in his interview. He said, this is something I've been thinking about doing for a long time, and he did it. And it, was, uh, it, you know, it blew up the golf Twitter world, basically. You have played golf your entire life. I believe you were a scholarship athlete at Vanderbilt. You now work for NBC talking about golf. People who were offended yeah. by this, what would you say to them? Well, first, first of all, it, it, it's well within the rules. So he he did nothing wrong. Now, did he break the spirit of the game? You could make an argument for that, but he he's always been a deep thinker. I want to give you two examples. In 2006, he played the Masters and he won the Masters using two different drivers. That literally was the genesis of what we have now in the adjustable drivers, where you can tweak loft and lie and all these kind of things. That, that started with Phil Mickelson playing two drivers in the 06 Masters. It literally revolutionized the way the industry makes golf clubs. And another time, 2010, there was a rule change on, on having the right kind of grooves in your club. And Phil found a loophole that he could go back and use a Ping I-2 wedge from way back in the, in the 90s. And so, again, they had to come to an agreement and the RNA and the USGA and the PGA Tour. He was actually called a cheater. At that point, the number two player in the world called Phil Mickelson, and the players who were taking advantage of this loophole called him a, a cheater. It, it wasn't cheating. He was just taking advantage of the rules. And in this case, he's done the exact same thing. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. And I, I, don't, uh, I just thought it was bizarrely brilliant, and, and they're going to change this rule, I'm sure. Mark my have- words... They will. What do you think they'll change the rule to? Uh, It will basically be either a steeper penalty or it will have something to do with your intentions. Because right now it doesn't really – they're two separate rules. They're a little bit unclear. They kind of overlap. If he were to have stopped his ball completely, he would have been disqualified. Uh, And there's another one that says if you deflect it purposely or if you deflect it, 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 then you're disqualified. In this case, he just hit a moving ball. So he knew he's, this was premeditated, not necessarily this exact time uh, on the 13th green, but this entire scenario Phil Mickelson had thought of in his head, had talked to people about, had probably had a conversation with a rules official five years ago about. And listen, he, it was, if he was in even par and in contention, there's no way he does this. But the rule is the rule. It's black and white, as he said, and he didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion. Does it have anything at all to do with the way the course was playing on Saturday other than his score? In other words, was this a little bit of a middle finger towards the USGA? In my opinion, absolutely not. 
zero. He, he, it was just something that the ball, you can watch him. The ball starts rolling past the hole, and he's kind of walking as he normally does. And then he sees, oh, no, picking up steam. It's going off the green. And then he starts running after it, and at that point he hits it while it's rolling. So he, this was something he knew he was going to do at some point or he saw, had thought about for a long time. So it, it just was now's the time. You know, he's whatever he was, 15 over something. He doesn't care. The money no, doesn't make any difference. Um, in, in my opinion, this, this is like an a, a interesting brand move for a guy who's a, a mad scientist to begin with. We're talking to Ned Michaels. If the ball had gone down and continued to roll, this is something I don't know. How bad of a spot would his ball have been in? Horrible. Horrible. Uh, absolutely horrible. Our, uh, our own Ken Brown did one of his brownie points for Fox on this. Where he was going, you hit it on the green in two-putt at best. And chances are he hits it on the green and he's left with a similar, if not more difficult, putt that he just had. So maybe he puts it off the green again. I mean, the scenarios are endless on how big of a number he, he could have made. Some people have argued, well, why not just take an unplayable? He could have let the ball roll and stop where it was ever it was going to end up, picked it up, and gone back to where he just putted from and taken an unplayable. It's only a one-shot penalty versus a two-shot penalty. But if he does that, then he's faced with the exact same putt again. I'm not saying he puts it off the green, but there's a good chance that he could have. Did the USGA take away from the fun of the U.S. Open with what they did on Saturday? Only if you were a player. Yeah, the players, <laughs> most of the players hated it, uh, but Brooks Kepka didn't. I mean, last year, 16-under won the tournament. Uh, it was a scoring record, and everybody said, where'd the U.S. Open go? Where, where's my dad's U.S. Open, where narrow fairways and even par means something? So this year, that's what they get, and people are complaining that, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah, the, 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 green, the course did not get away from them. The whole locations, there were three questionable whole locations on the second nine on Saturday. Mike Davis, the CEO of the USGA, came out and said, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done those couple of whole locations because good shots weren't being rewarded. So, But no, it, it made, in my opinion, it made for great television. How impressive is Brooks Kapko winning two straight U.S. Opens? Hard to put into perspective. I mean, everybody's talked about Curtis Strange was the last guy to do it in 88 and 89, but the names of the players who have done it are historic. Hogan is in there, 50 and 51, and, and Bobby Jones, a four-time winner in 29 and 30. Ralph Goodall as well. But it, it, it's, it's huge. It's absolutely enormous. He's now part of history of the game. And quite frankly, I think he gets him into the Hall of Fame despite only winning three events on the PGA Tour, two of them are U.S. Opens. How unbelievable is that for somebody who follows golf to have three championships on the PGA Tour and have two of them be the U.S. Open? I mean, Phil Mickelson would probably give a couple of fingers up right now to be able to get a U.S. Open, and he hasn't been able to do it yet to complete his major. For Brooks Kapka to have three titles on the PGA Tour and two of them have been U.S. Open – is really kind of unbelievable, right? I mean, it's like a guy who's only won three playoff games and two of them are Super Bowls. <laughs> First of all, you're Mickelson saying giving two fingers up. I'm questioning which fingers he might put up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure he'd be having them cut off. Uh, it, it is. It's, uh, the Andy North, Hall of Famer Andy North, same thing. He works for ESPN and has, has been a commentator for a long time after his playing career was over. Same thing, three PGA Tour wins. Two were U.S. Opens, not back-to-back. 
So it, it puts Brooks Kepka immediately into an echelon of the elite players, not only of our era, but in the history of the game. How long, last question for you, how long does this Phil Mickelson story linger, if at all? So it's funny, we had this debate that evening, and I was saying, listen, no, this thing's gone. Because as, as, just after it happened, I talked about it on our, I do our world feed for Fox, and, and I, said he, I said he did it on purpose, he didn't break a rule, you can question the ethics, but you can't question the math. You can't question the rules are black and white, and, and he, the, the a body who makes the rules, RNA and the USGA, deemed him to be safe. He didn't break any rules. I think it's gone already. I think the story is Brooks Kepka winning back-to-back U.S. Opens. This may bubble up a little bit here and there, but nobody talks anymore about the wedge situation in 2010, where, again, the number two player in the world basically did, called him a cheater. And no one remembers that. So this is this is gone. You know, the only time it's ever going to come up was somebody hits a moving ball five, ten years down the road, and it may come up again at next year's U.S. Open. But it, for the most part, it's over and done with. Good stuff, Ned Michaels. Appreciate you waking up early with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Clay. Take care, buddy. That is Ned Michaels. I am Clay Travis. Final segment, hour two. You're not going to believe what a golfer's fiance did at the U.S. Open. That's a tease. It's real. I'm Clay Travis. This is Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios. This is from Matt Stipolsky, I believe, is the author. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce his name. He's at the in, uh, NJ.com. This is his story. Uh, Paulina Gretzky at 18 last night, yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening. As Johnson approached his 13-foot birdie putt on the 72nd hole at Shinnecock Hills, Gretzky and two other women ducked under the ropes for a close-up view. Uh, The three women uh, were very excited when the putt went in when Dustin Johnson dropped in a birdie putt. They erupted in euphorics, hugging, screaming, arms flailing. After all, they thought Dustin Johnson had just won. As Brooks Kepka prepared to tap in for bogey and secure his second straight U.S. Open title, the girls began to talk amongst themselves. Did Justin just win? Which of the three women said those words wasn't quite clear. One thing was, the supermodel, celebutante, and her friends had no clue that Dustin Johnson had actually lost by two strokes. A few seconds later, though, the realization sunk in just as the final putt dropped and Kepka's dad stood there triumphantly over his head, arms like Muhammad Ali raised. They realized Brooks just won. How dumb is Paulina Gretzky and how dumb are her friends as well? Is this an all-timer? I mean, you are walking around on the course. And they thought when Dustin Johnson, according to this NJ.com article, when Dustin Johnson sank the birdie putt, they thought that he had won, and he wasn't even very close. And I can tell you guys that there are a lot of boards, you know, with people walking around with the score raised. And if I'm not mistaken, when they entered this hole, Dustin Johnson was three strokes back. I think he was plus three. If I'm not mistaken, he might have been plus four. And... Kepka was even par. How dumb is this? 
I don't think it's dumb as much as it as much as it proves they weren't paying attention. Like they, they like I think you, that's the only thing about it. I don't I think, think this it's is a story. I, I don't write an article about this. Find this I think, guy. This I think is it's crazy dumb. But I, I think this is. You think it's dumb? I just don't think they're paying attention. She could look at the board. It just means she wasn't looking at the board for for how many holes. Did she care? Was she sitting there drinking in a hospitality tent for the entire time? I think it just shows she doesn't care where her where her fiance was at that point in the tournament. I think that's worse. I do too. I'm fiance, just saying I don't think that's either dumb. way. I think either that's way, worse. this is like one. I think it's insanely dumb. If you are walking around on a golf course and you celebrate with your girlfriends, thinking that your fiance has just won the biggest possible thing that he could win. I know he won in 2016, but he's in a major championship in a competition to try to win one of the most high honors that anybody can win in his sport. And your fiance, in all honesty, if I were Dustin Johnson, I might call off the engagement here. Oh my God, intelligence is overrated, Clay. Have you seen Paulina Gretzky? Yeah, exactly. Paulina Gretzky is very good looking. Dustin Johnson is a multi-millionaire pro golfer. There's no way he's going to marry an ugly woman. If, if all you care about is looks, then Dustin Johnson can always go out and find every... Like, looks are... I'm going to be honest with you. Looks are a dime a dozen. At some point in time, even if you are good looking, there is always going to be somebody better looking than you. And Paula Gretzky is, Paulina Gretzky is gorgeous. There's no doubt about this. But if I am Dustin Johnson and I am on the course and I am trying to win the U.S. Open, and the girl I am engaged to is so dumb that when I sink a birdie putt, she and her girlfriends are celebrating, thinking that I have won and I've lost by three strokes, then i got to find a new girl. And if Dustin Johnson isn't, maybe he's so dumb he doesn't even think this is a bad thing, but come on. I mean, the standard for what you want here is at least for your fiancé to know the score of the damn game you're playing. I'm Clay Travis. Final hour up next. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I am Clay Travis. This is our three Monday edition Outkick. The coverage uh, we have. I'm gonna we're we're gonna get to this Pauline Gritsky thing in a minute because I think this is an insane, ridiculous, different level of dumb what has been reported, that she thought her husband won the U.S. Open Championship when he sank a putt on 18 for birdie. But we are breaking down. Uh, We just had Ned Michaels on an hour two, running through the Phil Mickelson controversy on 13, hitting a moving golf ball. We've been talking about the World Cup, in particular Landon Donovan's decision to endorse Mexico and then lecture people who were upset with him for endorsing Mexico and saying that he's rooting for them and holding up a uh, a banner. We'll break down all that here in hour three. Uh, there's much to get to in those stories. But first, I want to go back to Paulina Gretzky. Okay, for those of you who are just waking up, New Jersey uh, website, NewJersey.com, says that Paulina Gretzky and two of her girlfriends were inside the ropes when Dustin Johnson on 18 sank a birdie putt. At the start of the 18th hole, Dustin Johnson was four strokes behind Brooks Kepka. All right? Then Dustin Johnson makes a birdie putt, and they celebrate believing that Dustin Johnson has won 
the U.S. Open. This, to me, is different level dumb. Because, first of all, Dustin Johnson has been behind for, I think, the last nine holes. So it's not as if his name has ever been at the top of the leaderboard for over two hours. I believe I'm correct in that. And it may not have been. I don't know. Did he ever lead? I can't remember because I didn't. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch every stroke of the final round. So, and I know obviously he started off the final round after he shot a 77 on Saturday in third or fourth place. He wasn't in the final pairing. So, or tied or whatever he was. I don't remember him ever being for the final nine holes in the lead at all. My argument is that this is insanely dumb and that if I were Dustin Johnson, I would have to question my choice of a mate. Now, they got a couple of kids. Maybe he's in for that reason. Once you have kids with somebody, it's Father's Day. You are committed to them. I can understand that. There's probably a lot of guys out there listening to me right now and some women as well who are staying in relationships with people that they would never stay in relationships with if they didn't have kids. So I certainly understand that. This is so dumb that if I didn't have kids and I were just engaged to a woman, I would be like, this is over. I'm going to go find another fiancé. And some of you out there are going to say, well, Paulina Gretzky is smoking hot. My position on this is straightforward. Dustin Johnson is a multimillionaire best golfer in the world. If he did not have a smoking hot fiance, and he's a pretty good looking dude too, I think. I mean, I think most women, if even if Dustin Johnson were not a pro golfer, he's like 6'3 or 6'4, he's in good shape. Like, I think he's a good looking dude. I think most women would say that. He'd probably have a good looking girlfriend or fiance, even if he weren't a multimillionaire pro golfer. But he's the best golfer in the world. And he's dating a girl who is either so dumb or so disinterested that she doesn't even know the score of the golf tournament that he's in. And it's the biggest golf tournament, arguably, that you can win in America. Maybe you want to argue the Masters is bigger. It's certainly bigger than the PGA. I think the U.S. Open, probably for most golfers, is the tournament they want to win more than any other. Maybe Dustin Johnson wants to win the Masters more because he's Southern, and that kind of has more cachet in the South. But either way, it's one of the two biggest golf tournaments in the world that you could win if you are an American golfer. And you're four strokes back, and your fiancé and her dingbat friends all celebrate like you won the U.S. Open when you make a birdie putt. And by the way, you haven't even made a putt the whole day. Just three. In fact, rather than making birdie putts, most of the tournament on Sunday, you've been three-putting. Nobody else out there agrees with me that this is different level of dumb. I just, I, it's not that it's not dumb if she's sitting there following him for eighteen holes. My guess is she didn't follow him at all, and I think that, it's worse that, that she was disinterested. But that's the thing. There's a difference between dumb and disinterested. I don't know if she was drunk or what. Like I don't know. Neither the one of those are good. It. On Sunday, no, when it's, you it's are not, but that doesn't mean are, she's dumb. I think that Pauline. I would take a. Ton of, I would put a ton of money down right now that if we had Paulina Gretzky on this show and we gave her like, what, what kind of test could we give Paulina Gretzky? If we gave her fourth grade spelling test, I think she would not do well on it. If we gave her like a basic American intelligence test, I don't think she would do very well at all. I don't think it's possible that you can be this clueless and be an intelligent person. 
I'm not you saying she's intelligent. I'm just saying the fiance. fact that she didn't know that doesn't mean anything. Because All right, she so you could can make the argument that it's worse that it disinterested is worse here. Because you I should be is. supporting your husband or fiance. And like he's in the middle of an incredibly stressful pursuit of a championship. And you are at least there. I just I, I am in disbelief. Like, does this I, I don't understand that everybody else doesn't think this story is crazy? Like LA, you guys don't think it's crazy? that he's four strokes back on the 18th hole. It's not like it's, you know, I would be a little bit of a, a, a understanding if it was like a one-stroke difference or a two-stroke difference and you got confused as to what might happen. Or even if Dustin Johnson had been up big and he had lost his lead in the last couple of holes and you had gotten confused. But, I mean, look, when you are walking a golf course, you have tons of time to get information. Right? On the 18th hole, even if you just get out there for the 18th hole, it takes 20 minutes to play that hole. So you have all of the time as you're walking up the course when you could understand the situation that's at play here. You could look at the board that they walk around carrying and you could see, oh, Dustin's plus four and his playing partner, Kepka, is at even par it would take a real collapse in order for Dustin to end up tied here. He would have to eagle this hole, which means basically he'd have to fly it like he did the week before from the fairway, right? Like he'd have to knock it in from like 120 yards. And then Capco would have to double it in order for them to end up tied. It's literally impossible just about for him to win the tournament. It would require him to nail it from the fairway for an eagle, and then it would require Kepka to triple bogey in order for him to win this hole, given the situation when they started. To have a four-shot swing happen, and a five-shot swing is even more improbable. This is different level of dumb to me. What am I missing Wait a second. Wait a second. One thing, and then I want to hear LA too, but is it possible... This isn't really an excuse, but I'm just wondering. Let's she say she's not watching 18. No, 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 no. Let's let's say she's not watching 18 at all, and she hears the roar as Kepka is walking up with Dustin Johnson to the green. Like you're getting the ovation because everybody knows. Look, barring a absolute catastrophe, Brooks Kepka is about to win his second straight U.S. Open. This is an amazing moment. So he's getting the huge ovation that a champion or a soon-to-be champion is about to get. Dustin Johnson is there as well. She's seen nothing, and she walks out from whatever it is that she's been to, and she walks under the ropes based on that ovation, hasn't looked at anything else, and then sees that. I'm just saying maybe that's plausible. I don't know. I just think she was completely and totally disengaged, didn't care at all about what was going on, which I do think, honestly, is worse. I don't know how many wives walk 18 holes on Sunday. I really don't. But Paulina Gretzky doesn't strike me as one who would that much. I would. I will say this: if my wife didn't walk eighteen, like okay, if we've got three, we've got three kids, and you got to watch them, and they're with us. Totally get the mom not wanting to be out there with the kids. There's no doubt. Like the eighteen hole walking is no place for young kids. If you don't have the kids that you're responsible for, then you shouldn't be. uh, You know, then it's fine. Like you don't want to walk. I would tend to want my wife to be out there walking personally. I, I think I think it would be just nice every now and then, you know, like it's a stressful environment 
every now and then to look over and get like a thumbs up or get like, you know, just have a comfortable face out there. And by the way, I mean that and my wife, I would want my agent if I had a good relationship with him. I would want my dad or my mom. Like, I think that would be nice to be able to just every now and then look over and see a familiar face. I think it's actually more likely that she thought, and this may be even more ridiculous, that she thought plus four meant that he was up four strokes, which is also if you are married to a pro golfer or engaged to a pro golfer or have children with him, another evidence of how dumb you are that you see the if they saw the score and they saw plus four, they thought, oh, Dustin Johnson is up plus four when they're walking around with the scoreboard. But again, to me, if you're not following your significant other closely as he or she tries to attain the highest level just about of achievement that they can in their chosen profession, I, I just I am blown away by how stupid this is. What am I I, I mean I I am like I'm gonna open up the phone like if you were Dustin Johnson, because I'm in disbelief that you guys aren't like utterly flabbergasted by this anybody in LA on my side here no first of all let me let me let me say this Clay you guys let me say this before you guys are whiffing in a large degree here the the poll question is who is like which is worse people are utterly offended by Mexico you didn't even hear us yet you're jumping to conclusions well because you didn't jump in earlier and uh, what's your what's your perspective I I think Coop go go ahead I mean first of all I think that there's – I would be willing to bet everything I own that the last thing you said is not true. There's no way that she thinks like plus four, that, that she doesn't understand how to read a, a golf score. Okay, then if she, d- if she no doesn't way. understand how to read a golf score, then her reaction makes even less sense because I'm telling you, I was on the U.S. Open course. There are people standing right by the green with the scoreboard. It's impossible to miss. They walk around with the players there so that if you are on the course and you're not able to see the scoreboard, there is like, oh, this couple of this pair is coming by. Oh, look, they're plus four for the championship is Dustin Johnson, and they're even for the championship is Brooks Kapka. And there's only at that point four people left on the course, right? There's the guys behind you, and there's you. When you're walking up onto the 18th green, there are only four people left. So the scoreboard, like, by the way, you've been at the top of it all day. So I don't even understand how, to me, it's next level stupid. Not only on Paulina Gretzky, but also on the two girls that she's with, that none of them understand the stakes here and think when he makes a birdie putt that somehow he's won this thing. Well, here's the other thing that interests and concerns me. This is the only place, literally the only place I see this story. I I would think that you would see this in other places, and not to mention it's the 18th hole. It's right before Kepka, you know, wins the thing. You would think there'd be there there'd be footage of this happening as well. If if she's so dumb and and she thought that like he won when he didn't, why is NJ.com literally the only source? And then they use weasel words like this, like uh, it wasn't clear who said the did just did Dustin just win. Yeah, that so you say it wasn't clear because now you don't have to like. Well, I mean, I also think it's easy. Like, if there's three dumb girls jumping around and celebrating, and one of them says, "Did Justin just win?" Like, I'm not going to know which one it is. If you're standing there inside the ropes and you see it, like I would like to see video of them celebrating. I think the reason why lots of people wouldn't write it or share the video is because they have to cover Dustin Johnson. 
and they know that he would probably be upset with them if you shared it. So there's a big part of access is access often constricts you as much as it allows you to tell the truth. In other words, if you go into a locker room every day and you want to tell 100% the truth of everything that you're seeing, you have to understand that sometimes that means that people won't talk to you. This happens on this show. People are like, we had the guy call in earlier. He's like, you're talking about the World Cup today because Fox has it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I lose way more guests because of my topics because you guys know this. Sometimes I rip coaches or players or athletes more aggressively than other people will because my goal is to tell you exactly what I think. But then those athletes or those coaches hear about it and they're like, oh, I'm not going to go on Clay Travis's show. He said something mean about me. So be it. I think that, that the end result of me being honest is better than me ball washing all these athletes and coaches so that they'll come on the show and be guests for eight minutes and not say anything. So I think the big reason why it hasn't gotten very much attention so far is because most people wouldn't cover it because they're afraid of making an enemy of Dustin Johnson. The fact that it's this random guy at NJ.com actually makes sense to me because how often is NewJersey.com, which I think is like the main newspaper in New Jersey, out there covering the U.S. Open? They're covering it because it's in their region, because it's in New York, um, but they're not going to be next week on the tour covering the Hartford Open or whatever the next stop is. Yeah, if if this is a real story and it happened, I would be pissed if I'm Dustin because if my girl is there at my event and it's that big of, of an it's event. It's one of the two yeah, biggest the things biggest, you can achieve right. in your profession. Either because, winning the Masters or the U.S. Open, there's nothing bigger that an American golfer can do. Let's let's put it into relatable terms. Uh, a few years ago, and it's just a dopey city league I was playing baseball in, but our team made it to the L.A. City playoffs. And my fiance at the time came to the game, to the playoff game, but she was not watching, was not paying attention. She was on her cell phone. She was at the stand getting a drink. She wandered around most of the time. And you're right, I did look over because I was looking for a familiar face. So just in our own lives, we would expect that. Imagine if you're playing in a U.S. Open. I mean, I, I can't even – I'm trying to think of something in my own life that my wife could be involved in and be that tuned out on. And it's different once you're married and you have kids. And I think Dustin Johnson isn't married, but he does have a couple of kids with Paulina. But to me, this is just different level dumb by her. And it would make me as a if they were just if she was just my fiance and I didn't have a kid with her already, I'd be like, I gotta find somebody new. Like she's just too dumb for me even to be surrounded by. And people can say, Oh, have you seen how hot she is? Yes, she's incredibly good looking. It's not hard to find a good-looking woman when you are a multimillionaire and you are the best in the world at what you do. And by the way, you're Dustin Johnson and you're a good-looking young guy. It's, I mean, like the people, you people out there who are like, oh, she's really good-looking, you, you're the guys who don't have a good-looking girl. It's like there are tons of good-looking women out there. If your goal is only to find a good-looking woman, then be more successful and you could do it. Well, Corey, right. you're also leaving out that she could sing. I looked up Paulina's Wikipedia page. She decided not to go to college in order to pursue a career in singing. She recorded the wannabe hits I Will Remember You, and her song Collecting Dust was on MTV's Laguna Beach, The Real Orange County. 
That was a nobody's great saying show. she's a Rhodes Scholar. There's no question <laughs> about that. No, nobody is go- is going there. I, I don't know how her intelligence is, but she doesn't strike I, me. I'm as, just telling you, as somebody particularly smart. She's insanely dumb. If this is if this story is true, which I mean, there's no reason to believe it would be made up, and then run in like a major newspaper in New Jersey. So it's not as if this is just like some random. Like I would like to see the video of it. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I do think that would be useful. Um, and maybe now that this story is coming out, somebody else was out there on the 18th green and got a shot of them or was just being perverted and like just had their camera turned on Paulina Gretzky because she's hot. Like That wouldn't stun me either. I mean, the thing I remember about Paulina Gretzky when they won at Oakmont is that Remember when Dustin – you guys remember this shot? Like up Dustin Johnson had to go up the stairs, yep. yeah. and Paulina Gretzky was wearing like a tennis skirt, and they, the cameraman like was – you could tell. He was like, oh, my God, we're going to have an upskirt moment giggity, here giggity, giggity, giggity. live on Fox, and we're going to be like – it's going to be a huge scandal. So they quickly had to cut feed because it's just her like walking behind uh, <laughs> Dustin Johnson in the, in the tiny little skirt, and it would have been an upskirt moment. That's the only thing I remember about her there. And I'm going to open up phone lines. I want to get everybody else's opinion out there. Am I incorrect here, or is this next level dumb by Paulina Gretzky? You know what? We should only have women call in. All right? Let's only have this. I want I want only women to react. I think women are going to be more upset by this than even men are, because I think women are going to be like, this makes us all look like idiots. This Your, your fiancé is at the U.S. Open. And he is one of the final couple of guys who can win. He is four strokes back on the 18th hole, and he sinks a birdie putt. Would you not be disgusted at the fact that your fiancé didn't know that situation? And would you not, at some level, question why you're going to marry this person? Because I think the Jason Martin point of either she didn't care, which to me is and an utter indictment of their relationship in general. If your significant other is close to attaining the highest measure of success possible in their field of work, and you don't care, that is, to me, even worse. I think she cared because I think she's celebrating because she thinks that he has won. I think she's just that dumb that she wasn't aware. And maybe my hypothesis that when she saw plus four, on the scorecard that they're walking around with, she thought that meant that he was up four strokes as opposed to his score overall was plus four. Like she was reading it like a scoreboard, like it was a boxing match between the two men. And she was like, oh, Dustin's four shots up. But that becomes even more of an evidence of how dumb she is because, again, Dustin Johnson has been three putting down the stretch multiple times and. She would theoretically, I mean, I, I just, I don't even know how this is possible. Open phone lines, 877-996-6369. We're also going to get into uh, the Phil Mickelson on 13, uh, hitting the ball while it was still rolling, as well as Landon Donovan making the decision to endorse Mexico. All of that in the final 30 minutes and change. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to the Geico, out, listening to us from the Geico Outkick Studios here on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, the list price, and the invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. You know, we ripped J.R. Smith for his lack of court awareness at the end of game one. I can make you an argument. In fact, I would right now. 
Paulina Gretzky is worse than J.R. Smith. I mean that. If you think about it in context, in the context, I think what J.R. Smith did is insanely dumb. But I think that what Paulina Gretzky did is dumber because her husband was down for hours in the golf tournament prior to the 18th hole. At least in the Cavs-Warriors game, that game was close and we were going back and forth in terms of who was in the lead. Yes, J.R. Smith was involved, but I think you should care just as much if you are Paulina Gretzky if your significant other is involved in that situation. I think that Paulina Gretzky is dumber given her reaction on 18 yesterday than J.R. Smith was in making one of the dumbest on-court plays of all time. And I think arguably Paulina Gretzky is worse because somebody look up the last time Dustin Johnson was leading in the golf tournament on the U.S. Open. When was the last time he had sole possession of first place in this tournament? Did he ever have it on Sunday? I didn't watch the no, first few no, holes. No, he didn't. So he did not lead. Did he? Was he ever tied? I think he was tied off the very, very start. But he fell behind because he just he couldn't make a putt early in the tournament. Kepka started making stuff, and then you saw guys like Fleetwood and Patrick Reed making shots. And then all of a sudden, Dustin Johnson was somewhere around third or fourth throughout much of the round. So, I mean, it's not just that he didn't lead. It's that there was about four hours where he was losing. Right, I mean, it takes a long time to play 18 holes in a major. And there was, I bet, at least four hours where Paulina Gretzky could have been aware that her husband or fiancé was losing. And yet, at the 18th green, she thought he had just won the U.S. Open. And it's not just Paulina Gretzky, by the way. I say she's dumb because it's my experience that smart people tend to be surrounded by smart people and dumb people tend to be surrounded by dumb people. So Paulina Gretzky's friends were also dumb enough that none of them knew what was going on either. Now, I can maybe give them a pass in the context of, first of all, they're not Dustin Johnson's fiance, so they may just be Paulina Gretzky's friends. They're there for her, not him. But secondly, associated with that, they may not be that familiar with golf at all. So the fact that they would be clueless is not that surprising. But again, this just reinforces to me how dumb Paulina Gretzky is because it wouldn't take a very intelligent person to have at least one friend. I mean, there are three brains here, and all of them are failing simultaneously. Typically, if you are dumb, you are surrounding yourself with other dumb people because that's the wavelength that your brain works on. If you are smart, you are typically surrounding yourself with other smart people. By and large, the smart and the dumb do not spend much time interacting with each other on a, on a regular basis. Unless you count me talking to Alabama fans. Uh, all right, let's take some calls. Have any of you changed your mind as we continue to discuss this? Do you agree with me that arguably Paulina Gretzky is dumber here than J.R. Smith was what he did at the end of game one? Lord, no. Not at all. I mean, he but was your on the argument court. is just based on J.R. Smith. My argument is no. At least Martin that situation. He was playing. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. But that situation is changing at least. Yeah, but you're that's playing, it. so you're constantly involved. You constantly know what's going on. You're not sitting in a hospitality tent drinking mimosas for two hours 
not actually on the course with anything necessarily on the line directly. Again, I don't think she's smart, but I think it's more negligence and complete ambivalence to what was going on. J.R. Smith, that was brain dead. He was on the floor playing for the team. I don't but think that it's even situation comparable. is changing. When you have four hours where something doesn't change, and you have four hours to become aware of what's going on, this would be like J.R. Smith's wife thinking they won game one four hours after it happened. I think that would be dumber, assuming J.R. Smith is married. It would be dumber for his wife not to know who won the game than it would to uh, for J.R. Smith himself to have the mistake on the court. By the way, this is pretty funny. Several of you are tweeting me in uh, with uh, responses from things that have happened that made you question your choice of significant other. Jake writes in and says, we never run the bases after hitting home runs in softball. When I did hit a home run, I started walking back to the dugout to which my wife met me with better luck next time, babe. At that moment, I realized child support was just a number. It's an amazing tweet. Guy hits a home run in softball. Wife meets him at the dugout and says, better luck next time, babe. No, actually, I did the best possible thing I could have done. And you witnessed it and did not understand what happened. You thought that I was out somehow despite hitting the ball over the fence. Uh, let's bring in Eddie Garcia, then I'll take up a couple of your calls. If you want to react here, 877-996-6369. Eddie Garcia, what's shaking in the world of sports? Well, Clay, let's start with your Geico scoreboard, and we can tell you right now that day five of the World Cup is underway over in Russia. You can watch this match over on FS1. Sweden taking on South Korea. They are scoreless in the 34th minute of the first half. In golf, 118th U.S. Open, Brooks Kepka shot a final round 68 to finish one over par, good enough for a one-stroke victory. He's the first golfer to win back-to-back U.S. Open title since Curtis Strange in 1988 and 89. Tommy Fleetwood went out early on Sunday, shot a 63 to tie the single round scoring record at a U.S. Open, but he finished runner-up world-ranked number one Dustin Johnson, finished two shots back and in third place. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Uh, We are here live, Geico Outkick Studios, where uh, it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Let's hear that Dustin Johnson U.S. Open winning putt in the mind of Paulina Gretzky. How about that ending? A birdie at the last for DJ. And an even par round of 70. Even if you just had a little bit of knowledge, if you were Paulina Gretzky, on 18, the person who is going to win the championship always goes last. So if she thought Dustin Johnson was going to win the championship there, it like the little bird brain in her head should have been like, wait a minute. Why is he going? Do you, you notice that? Like if you watch golf at all? But there's a difference though, Clay. They weren't in the final group, so it's not necessarily the same. You don't no, give but the you guy the still, honors when no. there's still two guys on the course that you are going to finish off you would before. Still, no, you would still 100% give the It's not the, the same, though. You, you would still 100% give the guy the honors. And you're assuming that Paulina Gretzky even knew there was anybody left on the course. I'm just saying that what you're, what you're saying in a vacuum isn't necessarily true but because it would be, the but tournament it, wasn't over on that putt. If it's the last Dustin putt, Johnson, yes, Kepka would obviously Justin Johnson the would have finished. If he had left that putt like two feet short, Dustin Johnson would have still finished there to allow 
Kepka to have. Yeah, the no, I'm, I know what you're else. saying. I'm just saying there were other people still on the course. It wasn't right. like it usually you're, is again, in that scenario. You, I have the ability, and maybe it's a unique ability, to think like a dumb person. I, That's maybe I the most can, true thing you've ever said no, on this show. I have the ability. Great lawyers have this ability. I can. So what talk. about you, though? You said great lawyers. What about I, you? What I, do you have the ability to? I would have been, if I had wanted to be a lawyer, instead of making millions of dollars doing what I do, I would have made millions of dollars as a lawyer because I have the ability to talk to everyone regardless of their intelligence. Dumb people love or hate me. Smart people love or hate me. But I can talk to anyone. And sometimes in order to think like a dumb person, you have to eliminate all intelligent thought in your mind and have the ability to just say, if I were dumb, what would I think about this situation? And Paulina Gretzky is not aware that there are two other golfers left on the course. She is also not intelligent enough to even understand what is going on there with her husband. I think this is mind-numbingly dumb by her. But I can understand it because, at times, I can be like, okay, just like I put my lawyer hat, and I'm like, I'm going to talk like a lawyer now, I can also put on my dumb hat. And I can be like, hey, I'm going to pretend my IQ was 90 and that I was sub-100, I was in like the 25th percentile of intelligence, and I'm going to think like someone there, which is where Paulina Gretzky is. And if I'm Dustin Johnson, and maybe Dustin Johnson is also insanely dumb, there is lots of talk from people on the PGA Tour that Dustin Johnson is insanely dumb. So maybe that's why they ended up together. Like I said, smart people tend to end up together. Dumb people tend to end up together. Maybe that's why Dustin Johnson and Paulina Gretzky are such a great couple. That he thinks, oh, it's great that my girlfriend is so dumb that she thought that I won the U.S. Open when I sunk a birdie putt on 18 after three-putting my way around every other green all day long. But to me, this is next-level dumb. We have Catherine in Texas. She wants to weigh in. Catherine, what's up? Hey, Clay, this is Catherine. How um, dumb is so Paulina I'm Gretzky? I'm on Paulina's side 100%. How can you be on the side of someone this dumb? Okay, I fancy myself a reasonably intelligent person. But if you've been sitting on the bench drinking all day, you have no idea what's going on in the game. Like, this is nothing like J.R. Smith. So, okay, are you married? Amen. I am not. All right. Are you? Have you been engaged? Have you at any point been married? No, I live with my boyfriend. All right, so let's say your boyfriend. What does your boyfriend do? Uh, he sells high-voltage electrical equipment. All right, I have, no, <laughs> I have no idea what the equivalent of almost winning the U.S. Open is for a high-voltage electrical sales uh, person. But let's pretend that well, your boyfriend I... was magically transported to the U.S. Open and he is in okay. one of the final four groups on Sunday, and this is what he wants to do, is he is attaining the highest level of success in his life that he possibly could. Do you think that you would be aware of what the situation was so that when he walked off the 18th green to meet you, you were there to support him? Do you think you would know what the situation was? See, I have a situation similar. Um, I grew up showing horses, and there was a time when we were at one of the biggest horse shows of the year. My dad was showing, and his run ended. I looked up at the score and literally turned around at my mom and was like, what did I miss? Somehow in the two and a half minutes of that run, I completely missed something. And I'm just saying, it's possible. It's possible to but not that know what's again, going on. 
is a two and a half minute thing. We're talking about four hours where your fiance would be losing. And then on the 18th, you and your girlfriends are of the belief that he would have won. I mean, again, they're, they're hammered. hammered. Yeah, and but, but as again, he said, he did actually have a shot to win it. It would have been. Thank you for the call. All right, I got to say this. I have been hammered at many sporting events in my life. There has never been a point in time where I thought one team won and the other team ended up winning. And I'm talking like two sheets to the wind. I'm talking like would blow a point three if you put a blood alcohol test on me at that moment. I mean, just a lot of alcohol that I have consumed. There's never been a point in time where I was unable to figure out who was winning. So I'm not willing to give alcohol or drugs or anything else. And again, if that's the case, that's even more of an indictment of her, I think. She cared so little about whether her husband was going to win the biggest possible thing that he could win in his career that she wasn't even paying any attention for the entire day. Unbelievable. Uh, final segment of the show up next. We'll talk Landon Donovan. We'll talk Phil Mickelson. We'll wrap, put a bow on this. I think she's dumber than J.R. Smith. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Poll questions we put up earlier in the show, Thirteen or 14,000 of you have voted in each of these so far. Which did you watch more of over the weekend, the World Cup or the U.S. Open? Uh, World Cup, 37%, 63% say the U.S. Open. Again, my theory as the day prolongs that there will be more people saying they watch the U.S. Open. Then we have, which bothered you more? Landon Donovan taking money to endorse the Mexican soccer team or Phil Mickelson hitting a moving golf ball on 13? This was a landslide. Donovan endorsing Mexico. If you haven't heard, Landon Donovan endorsed Mexico and told everybody to root for them. We talked a lot about that in the show uh, earlier. Donovan endorsing Mexico got 83% of the vote. Phil hitting a moving golf ball got just 17% of the vote. Um, And uh, we are talking about Paulina Gretzky thinking that Dustin Johnson won the U.S. Open despite being four strokes down on Sunday as they started the 18th hole. To me, this is a different level of dumb. Um, of all those topics, what if, what if anything has changed over the course of the show? Any, You're still upset about Phil Mickelson hitting the moving golf ball, Jason Martin. Yeah, I am. The rule needs to be changed. I mean, what Ned Michael said to us in the last hour was not inaccurate. If you're applying that rule, then I don't believe that Phil was being a mad genius. I think he did the equivalent of throwing the controller or turning the PlayStation off when somebody throws a touchdown on you with two minutes he left. Was, he, he just was had enough. The, and the he court, just the had way enough. it was set up. Yes, uh, I think so that's probably I think that, true, too. Yeah, so I, I think that the spirit of the game was destroyed there, and I think that there is an etiquette there. And I think that if his name is not Phil Mickelson, it's very possible he that person does get disqualified. The way the rule was applied in this case, okay. But the rule needs to be changed. If the ball is moving, you cannot touch it, period. It needs to be the end of the story. I do agree with Ned Michaels that I think Phil Mickelson noticed this rule before and was applying it in this situation. Because I think the way he did it, it seemed as if he was like, you know, he ran over there. So I think in the time that he had to decide when he was running over there, he knew what he was going to do. And I think he's had a long enough career where he's like, screw it. I also agree with Ned Michaels. This is a non-story. Maybe it'll be mentioned next year. Maybe it'll be mentioned 
if somebody else does it again or if they change the rule to, hey, from now on it's a disqualification if you hit a moving golf ball. I think the challenge there is uh, when, like, when you apply that then, what exactly con- constitutes a moving golf ball? In, a, in other words, like if the golf ball starts to move, going to wind, like everything else, there's all these different rules in golf. And I think this is in general why your average weekend golfer throws up his hands about golf and says, like, this is not a sport that I really want to be in, a part of that much. I think golf is, and I think about this sometimes now when I play golf, is the next generation going to play golf? We have all these millions of acres devoted to golf courses in the country. It seems to me that most of the time, these courses are not filled up. There was this idea when Tiger Woods rose to prominence, oh, golf is going to be this generational thing that everybody does because Tiger's bringing tons of people into the game. And that might have been true, but I tend to think that the average golfer is dying off. And when I want to golf, for instance, I don't have the time. It takes so long to play 18 holes. If I'm out there on the course for four hours... There's any number of things that end up happening. Happens every time I go golf. Major news will happen, and I would feel like if I were at home, I would be working on this. Instead, like it's just almost impossible, I think, for younger guys or girls who have real jobs. We don't have the leisure time that people used to. Used to be if you were a banker or you were a lawyer and you were successful, you worked less. Like doctors, bankers, and lawyers used to work less than people who had normal jobs. Now those people work infinitely more. If you're a doctor, a lawyer, or a high-end investment banker, you work like 80 hours a week. And your average person might well work 40 hours a week. Well, golf is an expensive sport. So the people who are working 80 hours don't have the time or the energy or the, or the, the, the ability to get out and play for, for 18 holes of golf. I learned how to play golf because when I was in law school, I was like, hey, I need to know how to do this to be successful. Man, I just haven't had time to ever do it. And I talk about sports for a living, for God's sakes. All right, Landon Donovan, absolute trader. We'll continue to break this down tomorrow. Uh, I can't believe that he did what he did. You sicken me, Landon Donovan. Much worse than Phil Mickelson. All that and more. Paulina Gretzky, break up with her now if you didn't already have kids. Dustin Johnson. I'm Clay Travis. I'm out of here. This is Outkick. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.